Motion pictures, can't get enough Cinephile, movie lover, and a big movie buff Talking to actors, directors, innovators Athletes to writers, real trailblazers Yeah, originator, not a duplicator So honest, always authentic Tune in, trust me, you don't want to miss it This is the Monday Morning Critic Amazing life journeys, great interviews From sports analysts, even reporters too Captivating, always top content Bringing top quality, everybody's talking Yeah, originator, not a duplicator so passionate and so authentic Tune in, trust me, you don't want to miss it This is the Monday Morning Critic Woo! You have bled with worse Now bleed with me Patriots of Scotland, starving and outnumbered, charged the fields of Bannockburn. They fought like warrior poets. They fought like Scotsmen and won their freedom. Welcome to episode 107 of the Monday Morning Critic. Today's uh, guest is an actor, he's a writer, he's a director, he's truly one of the most iconic actors, surely in my mind. His name is Angus McFadgen. Angus, how are you today? I'm good, thanks, as well as can be. <laughs> and, and, and I want to get to that too because I, I, I truly enjoy, and, and not always, you know, for, for probably frustrating reasons, I love reading you on social media. It's, it's one of my must-reads when I get up in the morning. Um, but I'd like to touch on that in a little bit, but you know, Angus, I was going through your life and I was going through Scottish actors. It's truly amazing how many of the best actors in the world are from Scotland. I'm trying to think of the others. Oh, (laughs) it's a long list, but I was just stunned because, you know, not that I did, not that I expected otherwise, but it's just, you know, a lot of names kind of. And faces kind of connected, and it was it was just kind of like it was surprising because it's just I don't think Scotland gets enough credit for a lot of things. Um, yeah, certainly acting would be would be one well, of. Well, we invented penicillin and golf and football and electricity, the telephone, television. So uh, 
There you go. So, so one of the one of the many things I like about you is you're a straight shooter. You're honest. You're very active on social media, which I love. But I want to oh. get get to your early life. You know, you're you're born in in, in Glasgow, and 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 a, and a little known fact: people from Glasgow are known as glass we Glaswegians. Am I right with that? Uh, Glaswegians. Glaswegians. So I mean, I don't know. There's so much about Scotland that's fascinating, and I and and before I, I, I touch on your early life. I don't. I feel like um, I don't know, especially in the states. You know, I, I think we should spend more time learning more about than what's under our nose, right? I think it's it's healthy to know about things like Brexit and things like um, you, you know what's going on in the world, other than what's going on in our own in our own backyard. Is that a fair assessment or a statement? Well, I can't figure out what's going on with Brexit. It's complete shambles. Yeah, uh, I don't think anybody really knows that. And it seems like for years. And, and, and I and I don't know. I, I feel like it plays into some of your your roles here. I, I don't know. I just feel like Scotland has always been. I don't know if disrespected is the right word, but I, I just feel it's been such a fascinating country. Has so much rich history, and uh, the people are phenomenal. And I just feel like it's almost, in a way, I guess disrespected is the word I'd go with on that. Uh, I I would say so. Yeah. Um, I think it's partly Scotland's fault because. Um, I think I think Scotland's been under the thumb of uh, of uh, a certain establishment for so long that they've you know they've sort of, sort of started behaving like I mean our our our, our biggest symbol of you know of a Scottish uh, 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 one of the things which people go to see in Scotland is we Greyfriars Bobby the little dog which was known for being you know loyal to its uh, drunken master which used to kick it all right. the time. And then uh, you know when it when the master died, the dog went and slept in his grave, and so that's the symbol which the Scots are told you know be be loyal to this master which is abusive to you, and it's sort of been ingrained in in the Scottish psyche for for so long now that uh, uh, you know it's created this it's created this sort of um, certain type of Scottish character which you know puts up with too much crap quite frankly and and. Uh, I think this independence movement is all about trying to get out from under that that uh, under that boot and um, you know do the things which Scotland is known for. It's, it was quite an enlightened country back uh, in the day. You know, the, the entire the entire economy, Adam Smith and everything, comes from these. These were Scottish writers, and Edinburgh was known as the Athens of the North. And um, uh, 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 I think we need to move back in that direction or forward in that direction indeed right right no well said and and you know you obviously are born in glasgow and um you, you kind of from uh, edinburgh edinburgh okay and, and you kind of but you grow up all over the world and i think part of that and i hope i'm right with this is because dad is a doctor with the world health organization you know you're in singapore and france and, and, and philippines and africa uh, when you look back at that, Angus, does do you find that that leaves you more as more of a kind of cultured person now as a as an adult? Do you feel like your upbringing and 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 what went on when you were younger? Are, are you? I hate to say it, sound generic and say you're a better person for it, but are 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 you kind of happy you experienced what you did as at, when you were younger? Well, you said it earlier. It's very important for Americans to get out from uh, their own country and go and see the actual world out there. Mm. And I think that's something which doesn't. If, if if you don't have that, that's that's the education which people need. You know, is travel a bit and go and see the rest of the world and see how people live. 
so you can actually put everything into perspective. And I, th I think that does help, you know, it's all about perspective, isn't it? The sure, world, it's, sure. it's about, uh, it's about seeing how other people live and, and, you know, maybe money doesn't buy you happiness and, and, uh, you know, you don't need to live your life in debt and always needing the next car or iPhone or whatever it is, you know, I mean, I'm a, I live pretty simply myself. And, uh, so I'm mostly horrified at the, at where the world has gone in the last 30 years with, with, uh, with credit card debt and, and people, you know, and, and anything you buy lasts about a year these days. It used to last, you could buy a fridge and it would last for 40 years or a television or, uh, you know, or a stereo and, and it would last forever. Right. And now it's all over in, you know, six months. No, it's so funny that you say that because well, a year ago we had a, a, a it just brought this back. We had a refrigerator repairman come by the house. He goes, and we bought a brand new refrigerator. You say you could probably expect about five to ten years out of this. And, and, and my father was, you know, talking to the guy, and he said, you know, they used to last like, like you just said, thirty years. And things are meant to be very temporary today. Very just, you know, you buy it, and, and hopefully you'll be back in five to ten years to buy it again. And I, yeah. That's a sign of of the times, and even if you look at the automobiles that they used to build, you know, steel and and, and chrome. Now it's everything's plastic, and uh, it's yes. just yeah, well said, well said. And, so you've got you've got to go to the you know you've got insurance because every time you have a little just a tiny bump, and suddenly the whole you've got to replace half the car. Yeah, well said. Yes, thousands, and the insurance companies are are, are you know raking it in. Yeah. Um, it's crazy times. Yeah, and you said the last thirty years that things have been kind of nutty. I, I would argue the last thirty months, uh, certainly in certainly in the states uh, and, and obviously across the seas as well, have been have been just. It's just it, it, I've never seen times like this. Like you and I, yeah. are, you and I are roughly the same age, and I I have to say, I, I times like these, I, I I don't I don't remember ever, ever being like this, Angus. That's accelerating. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if that's such a good thing, and I, I don't know, I just, it, it's got so many people talking, and, and I've just never seen a, a times like this, but, you know, and, and you're also, I'm, I'm sort of bilingual, because I'm bilingual in Polish, you're bilingual in, in French, do you find yourself speaking French a lot, or just kind of, on occasion, is your French as good as it was when you were, when you were younger? Well, once you, when you learn it when you're young, it, it, it stays with you, it's like a, it is like a, a, a mother language, so it, it's still there. Right, right. And, um, you know, so, so, and I mentioned, you, you know, dad being at the World Health Organization. Is that something that, do you, do you feel like, you know, that was a, a great experience for you and in, in, in doing kind of traveling like that? And did you feel like it added? Yeah. yeah okay. I saw a lot of, uh, I saw a lot of third world uh, countries when I was young, you know, so, you know, the, I mean, it's difficult because the tourist thing, you know, it's like people love to go on these things and take advantage of great deals. And the, but you know, it involves a lot of turning a blind eye to to the poverty, and and that's you know something which it's very it's um I mean, I was kind of educated not to turn a blind eye and and seeing the you know, I mean, poverty is actually probably worse now than it was when I was a kid. So, um. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's the it's a gloomy picture uh, for me. But then I'm Scots, and we are <laughs> gloomy people. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the you know the rich history, the rich history in Scotland. Um, do you think do you think that um, it, it could get back to where you, obviously 
you're, you're extremely proud of, of, of Scotland. Do you think you could get back to a point where, you know, you're happy with, with what you're seeing in your, in your country? Are you, do you think you can get back there, or, or do you think it's almost unattainable, or do you think it's like an arduous task to get there? Do you think it can happen again? I think it's improved. I think Scotland has improved since I was there uh, since the 70s and 80s. It, it was it was very bleak then, and I think that there's, there's certain a certain um, hope and uh, uh, inspiration was taken from being able to get a uh, a Scottish Parliament in in 97, and that was a first step towards you know returning the dignity to to the Scottish psyche. And you know, onwards and upwards, and it's time. It's I think it's time for the next stage. <clears throat> and also, you know, just just uh, tying this into movies is uh, Braveheart was the reason we got the Scottish Parliament because Braveheart did what what um, the SNP, the Scottish National Party, couldn't do for decades was actually get people out in the street and voting for them. And when they saw the film. People were weeping in the cinemas, shouting freedom, and they were handing out the SNP leaflets outside the cinemas. And it it um, basically got people riled up enough to, and the SNP were able to use that and and promulgate themselves into a position with the Scottish Parliament. And it was incredible that a film actually changed the cultural and political landscape of a country. Um, an incredible moment that was. Yeah, and I'm so happy you just said that because I do have questions, obviously, about Braveheart. And I have that one, too, because I remember reading when it came out, you know, how it, it, it caught – I don't want to say it caused a boom, but it, it was like – it caught – and I, I, hopefully I, I word this correctly. Um, Scots were had a, a reinvigorate – like a, um, a renewal in pride in their, in their country because of Braveheart. That's kind of what you said. But it's – but it, and I always say, I always tell actors that I have on this show, I, I always believe, especially with the work you've done, um, I, I believe those movies have a, a profound effect on people. And the perfect example of that is certainly Braveheart. But did you, I mean, it, the good part is people took a, a new pride in their country, but should it have taken a movie for them to get to that point? I guess I guess is my question. Um, yeah, I don't see why not. Uh, a, a movie... Is uh, is a, is a is an experience akin to a public dream. Yes, and so it enters it enters the soul and the psyche in a way in which po- politicians' language, which is often you know just a load of uh, uh, lies, and uh, you know they can be quite dull, and they, uh, or they're demagogues, and you know it's all it's all bullshit. But a movie can really get inside you, and and so I don't see why not. I think you know. In that sense, you know, a painting might have done something like that, or a piece of, or a great, a great uh, uh, symphony back in the day, or a, or a play. You know, these these things have actually had great effects on society at times, and you know, movies are are our latest art form, or can be. Yeah, no, I, that's beautifully said, and that's the that's the foundation of why I started a podcast, and why you know, and you're a perfect example. I mean, you your work has, for me personally, anyway, has has changed. Like I, I always think movies are life changing experiences, and like and like you said, you know, Braveheart is is a perfect example of that. And, and I and I want to get there in a moment, but I wanted to ask you about your schooling. Um, you know, you went to school in England for for speech and drama. Was that a big part? Now that you look back, Angus, is it a big part of who 
you are today? Was that something that you needed to have happen? Or do you think if you didn't go to school, you still would have been where you, where you are right now? Um, I was always, I, w- I always wanted to do what I'm doing. Um, I was actually going to become a, a diplomat or a politician. Um, I was studying uh, international relations in Edinburgh. And um, uh, I don't know why, some kind of a voice said one day, just, just don't do that, just do something else. And I changed the co- my course immediately. And um, I did theater instead and, and English and French language and literature. And, and, and you know, went on to, to do film. But I was going to do diplomacy. I was going to do something like that. And, and then many years later, I, I found out the reason why that little voice spoke to me. It's in 2003. There we were going, going and invading a, a country, uh, Iraq, and, 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 and destroying its infrastructure, killing millions. And, and it's, it started a ball rolling, which has not been stopped since. And, um, and, you know, I realized that uh, I would have been a part of that government or that system. And I, I'd have had a choice either, either to lie and maintain my job and my security or, or tell the truth and resign and basically be uh, uh, shunned in society and not have a job anymore. And, and, um, and that, that is a choice which, several, which, you know, there was a handful of people who actually came out against it, even though in the zeitgeist we all knew it was all bullshit and it was lies that there, there were no weapons of mass destruction. Right, we all right. knew it, but they were, you know, they were fixing it and they they wanted to go in to make their money. And this is the situation which has been handed down to the the, the younger generation now. Yeah, and, and you know, you you would not have made a good politician because you're far too ethical. You're too much of a straight shooter, and you're too much of a good human being to have been a, a politician. That's that's my view on that. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and, and just talking about Braveheart. You know, when I researched your life, Angus, I knew a lot about you, but I didn't. You know, I, I wanted to kind of come at you with things you probably haven't heard before, and I hope I do. And you know, one of the things is your life got me thinking of Gary Sinise, and Gary obviously played Lieutenant Dan and, and, and Forrest Gump, and, and I tell you this because. It sparked like he has now in our in the state side. He works with uh, veterans of, of wars and he, he provides for their families and so forth. And it was a role that sparked something else. Do you feel like Robert the Bruce is the same thing for you? Yeah, it's a role which I've never. It's sort of like a ghost which has haunted me uh, my whole life because I knew all about him. I knew the famous story of the spider and 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 never really understood it um, until I actually. Um, you know, I ended up, well, we made the first film and then I tried for 25 years to make the sequel. The, well, it's not the sequel. It's a standalone film, um, because it moves off in a completely different direction, but it's the, it's the continuing saga of what happened to Robert the Bruce. Um, and of course in trying to make that film, I, I came, I, I came across my own, um, defeat as it were, I, I was defeated as Robert the Bruce was. I, I couldn't get the film made. I was I was isolated. I felt like I was in that cave with the spider. And twelve years passed uh, from the actual first script, which was delivered to making the film. And in those twelve years, I'd given up. Actually, I, I was like, I'm never going to get this thing made. Oh well, you know, may as well just get on with uh, uh, the mundane things of life. And and. It was a terrible thing to, to sort of give up on that dream, but then 
the film happened and it was, and I finally, and then I took that experience into the film because I had to actually then play him. And I really understood the nature of the despair uh, when I did the scenes in the cave and, and, and as a writer of the thing also, I was able to add a certain element of uh, some of, some of the, there's a, you know, there's a spider actually singing to him in the scene, which, uh, which, which is in the film, which is, which is, you know, um, singing of the, of the despair. And, um, so it was very interesting. It's once again, where art, art and entertainment meet real life itself. Yeah. And, and, and you're taught, and, you know, and, and I, I am very excited and I want to get to this in a moment about the, the film. Your dog is barking. My dog is barking. <laughs> <laughs> you're coming out with a film. Does it have a release date? Well, we're looking, uh, we're looking at the, in the summer. I, I can't really discuss the details yet because they're still being, uh, you know, it's it's being worked out. But I, I I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty safe in saying that uh, we're looking at hopefully some some festivals. Very nice. And so and so, sort of in the spring to summer of this coming year. You know, and, and when I watch Braveheart, and, and I say this to people that you know I talk to about movies and so forth, the real the movie Braveheart really isn't a, well, it is, but it really isn't about William Wallace. It's it's Robert the Bruce's story. It's Scotland's story. Is that a good perspective that I have, or am I yeah. am I off with yeah, that? Braveheart was, in fact, the name they gave to Robert the Bruce, not William Wallace. Right, right, and 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 you know, I gotta say, you know, what what I love about you, outside of you, know, how you delivered your lines was. The look you have on your face, like, and I, and obviously I lack the vernacular that actors use, but I don't know what you'd call it, but it, you, you look like you've actually gone through what what Robert the Bruce went through. I mean, the first scene that you shot, I believe, was the end scene of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And the look on your face when you turn, it's it's as if, and I'm not, I'm really not trying to be over the top here, but I, I, I I've been dying to tell you this. The look on your face is as if you had lived that. Does that make sense? I, I mean, I, I really do feel I was born to play that role. No and question. The, the 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 way in which it came to me was was very much sort of uh, uh, in that way. It was somebody else's role, but then it was that was withdrawn and given to me um, after the fact. But uh, that scene, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was the first day scene, and um, in order to prepare for that. Because I knew that that uh, in the old days the sword these guys would stay up all night. You know, I mean, how can you sleep when you know you're going to your death? And they would basically stay up. And so I did that. I stayed up all night yeah, and it, went it, to work. It, it, the, the presence you have on screen is is truly. I mean, it, it's a gift, and it's it's not something any acting school can teach. And you know, when, when you when, when you when that's the first scene you shoot on the first day. Do you know you have something special in this movie? Do you realize, like, wait a second, this is this is something special? Do you know? Can you tell by that one scene that this is going to be a special movie? I was one hundred percent in that, but uh, I mean, I think we really knew. I think it was probably maybe two or three weeks in, and they assembled the. We, for some reason, we were shooting that big finale scene first. And they did an assembly for us, and we were invited to go and watch it. And we all saw it and basically went, oh, my God, this is kind of special. Mm. 
And, and I have to say to you, Angus, my, one of my favorite lines, and I use it in my own personal life, whether it be a difficult situation, I will never be on the wrong side again. I might say that line probably once a day. <laughs> so you're on the wrong side quite often then. Well, you know, I, I just feel like when you let, you, you live life and you learn, you, you know, you, you say to yourself, whether it's a, a friendship or, a, or a, you know, a rapport with a person, you know, you just, I'll never be on the wrong side again. And I, I, I just, I, what, what is your favorite uh, scene from that movie, whether it involves you or not? What, what is the scene that really gets to you every time you see it? I really like the the scene with my father, played by the great uh, Ian Bannon, where um, where I've, I've seen the, the 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 look of betrayal in his face, and it's it's the way in which that that monologue was written. It was written like a piece of music, mm. um, with you know with beats and and a, and a crescendo, and it's a remarkable piece of writing. And it, and it that that gets quoted to me all the time by people, and I still remember. I, I haven't looked at the lines in in twenty five years, but I remember them so well because it, it's just so well constructed. Each word has a weight, and it, it's like Shakespeare. You know, each word has a, a certain weight, and so it's very difficult to actually erase something like that from your memory because it just it just exists as its own entity. Right, and, and I have to say, you know, it, that scene in itself is is probably my favorite scene as well. And again, I go back to the look on your face, like when when, when Robert De Bruce tells him, you know, I saw the like I saw it in his eyes how much I basically, you know, you know, let him down, and you know, it, it was almost if, and it, and I know it's phenomenal acting, and I get that, but it's almost as if like it's it was at another level. I've, I've to this day, and I've watched I watch probably everything that comes out. For, as far as movies go, I, I've never seen anything like it, Angus. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and I, I, it's been very hard to find anything to do which which resembles it, you know, because writing is hard to come by. Um, but you know, I mean, even when you say that, it's a, and I saw it in his face in the battlefield, and it's tearing me apart. And it's it's musical notes, you see. It's the way it, it's a score, and and uh, I guess you know, I don't know how these things happen, but it's it's sort of inspiration. Yeah, you're, you're the instrument to you're the right instrument to play that those notes. Uh, and it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's like you said, music is a great compare. Absolutely beautiful, and you also don't get enough credit for your narration in that. I I, I think that ad, it's one of those like you say, it's like music in a, in a symphony. I I just feel like you know people hear your voice and it's a very soothing a narrator's voice. I, you don't get enough credit for your narration in Braveheart as well. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I mean, we did we did that quite a lot in the post production. That was a um, it w- wasn't easy, you know. It was, I was very, was very particular about that stuff. So the other thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, we, we talk about, um, you know, Mel Gibson, you know, and and and, and his personal life aside and so forth. Boy, it seems like he just really tapped into that. He's very, he's a very passionate guy. Talk a little bit about him. Was I mean, what is it about this Aussie that taps into this this Scottish, you know, um, history and and is just dead on with you know, getting to people to, you know, we talked about this earlier, to really just, this movie just really had people chanting freedom, and, you know, even people in the States just had this love and admiration for Scotland. What, what, what did Mel Gibson do to just, why is this movie so successful? Why is it so powerful? I'm not quite sure. I mean, it's it's to do with his passion, um, and, you know, he's got somewhere in there, he's got some 
Celt blood. Um, but he's just such a. I think it's that he's such a visualist. He, you know, he, you know, he, he, and he's a really great actor too. He, 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 he really has a lot of contempt for his acting, and he, he doesn't like it. Um, but he really is very good, um, a very emotional actor. And I think it's the emotion in the movie. I think it's a very honest film. Um, the the other film which was being made at the time was Rob Roy, which was considered the superior script and. And it was, um, you know, the, it was, you know, just the other our thing was considered Hollywood cheese. But uh, I, I guess, you know, if it's Hollywood cheese, American cheese, he, he transformed that American cheese into some kind of camembert or, you know, a, a, a delightful concoction. Um, you know, whatever his transformative powers are, he, he really knows his he really knows how to do it. It's a bit of a warlock in a way. Yeah, yeah, well said. And, and you know, we were watching The Outlaw King, um, the one that just came out on Netflix, and and I look. Chris Pine is is a phenomenal actor. I just yeah, he's he is top shelf. He is you know awesome. But I have to say, it's just some people are not meant to play certain characters, and I just I don't know. I look at her, I say this just doesn't feel right. Like this is Angus is like this is Angus like. No one. It's, I, I don't know. It's the equivalent of like watching Star Wars and looking at Luke Skywalker, and it's somebody else besides Mark Hamill. It's that's his role. You know. What are yeah, your yeah. thoughts on that? I mean, you're a very positive guy. Well, now you're really asking me to put my foot in my mouth, and no. I have mouth disease. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I if I can or should comment on it, but you know, I will say that I I certainly uh, think I agree with you that certain actors aren't meant to. Place they're not born to play certain roles. There's, for example, I don't like playing modern characters. I hate playing a guy in a suit or in a in a in a modern uniform. I don't like playing lawyers or doctors or any. It's too modern for me. I I I, I just sort of find it all a bit bland, you know. Uh, I love historical characters or mythical characters because you really get into the meat of things. And so I guess you could. You could argue that you know certain actors are are born to play uh, certain types of roles. Like, so there are certain people who are born to play Hamlet, but they can't play Henry V because one of them is a, for example, Mel played uh, Hamlet, and I, I, while I admire the effort, I don't think he was he was quite right for it. I wish I'd seen him as playing Henry V because the guy was a great Mad Max, and he could he would have killed in that role <laughs> so everybody's got you know the the thing they can do the best and 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 really the wisest actors are the ones who stick to it yeah i mean and and, the, and i'm definitely not trying to stir the pot and, I, and i'm not trying to bait you and, and i hope you know that i, I just uh, there was a lot of things online um you know and, and people had some people and i'm not saying it's not you but other people had an issue with a non-scott playing robert the bruce and I mean, I have issue with it because you're like, as I mentioned, I'm not trying to sound repetitive. You're the only Robert the Bruce, and it's not even close. That's it. It's, it's game set, yeah. it's game set match. But you know, some people had issue with a non Scott. I mean, if you feel comfortable touching on that, what are your thoughts on that? And if you don't want to touch on it, that's okay too. Well, I mean, Mel Mel was not Scottish, and he played William Wallace. So you know, it, that that argument has been around for, for a long time. True. But I will say that you know, I I really can't knock the Outlaw King. Because the the fact that they made that made it, I think, made it possible for me to do uh, to do my film. Because yeah. where there's one, there can be two. You know. Sure, sure. And for some reason, that it, the fact that they started making that film opened a portal 
for for me to go ahead and 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 get this thing made after 12 years and and absolutely hitting brick walls all the way around suddenly oh it's okay to make a film about Robert the Bruce you know one of the you know when I, when I told you the line that I use a lot you know when it comes to Braveheart I, I just feel like this movie I, I feel like it, it, it anybody who's been under adversity or who's who is kind of trying to push through something and I don't know, I just, this movie's inspired a lot of people in and, and out of Scotland, so I just, and, and, and it doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon, Angus, like, it, it it seems to get stronger with age, whereas many movies don't have that that, that same effect. Yeah, yeah, you know? time uh, time is the great uh, uh, truth teller of uh, these things, whether they age well. Yeah, and I gotta say, you know, that we were, I was watching it for the, you know, thousandth time last week, because I knew we were going to be speaking, and I just, I have to say, like, once that music hits you, it's like it's unbelievable. It's it's I, I I don't know how to express it. It's just it's like I'm seeing it for the first time all over again. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an amazing score. Um, it really really one of one of one of his best. Um, yeah, it's it's remarkable that music. So I, I have to say, I, I took four movies out of your filmography, which there are many, and, and I just wanted to talk briefly about each each one. Uh, talk about a movie that blew me away was Equilibrium. Uh, you had a couple of – you talk about unique characters, and granted, you might have been in a suit in this movie, but, boy, some of those – that choreography and, and – and, I, I don't know. I, I, we had, Matrix received a lot of credit, but this is the movie that deserved it, I felt. Um, yeah, I, I – I don't know. I, you know, it's funny talking about these things because it happened so long ago that I, a lot of it I can't. You know, it's like you have to drudge up stuff. I, I, I don't really have much to say about that film. Yeah, I never. I think, I think what I remember, I, I, I remember basing it on on the politicians at the time. I, 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 I based it on Tony Blair, and 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 uh, at the time, of course, he was the great hero. Um, but I, I, I remember seeing him in 1980 and he was, um, he was selling, uh, he was selling, uh, he was in the, in the commons bar at the parliament and he, with the same fervor that he had for going into Iraq, defending the, the, the ties must be worn at all times in the, in the parliament bar and, you know, the same fervor, the same mad eyes, the same absolutely mad grinning smile of his and so i i never liked that guy and i th- i was basing that whole character on tony blair mm, mm, that, uh, the, the, the political the political uh, uh manipulator the liar yeah and, and you bring up a good point you know um do you do you often kind of and i absolutely get what you're saying about tony blair do you often do that for characters do you have somebody in mind I mean, outside yeah. outside of your great training and all that other thing, your phenomenal ability. Do you no, think- I mean, I, I don't buy all of that. I, I think it's all myth anyway. I, it's it's basically it's a gut thing. I think you're born with it and you can hone it, but I, I don't think it could be taught. Uh, I think people who've got it have got it, and um, so you know, you, you, it's it's all a bag of tricks at the end of the day. Um, uh, a lot of people talk about how they'll think of another actor, right? like they'll go, "Well, I'm not good for this." so-and-so should play it and then they basically kind of put themselves in the skin of so-and-so and play it like that that happens a lot with actors where they'll they'll imagine themselves as let's say christopher walken and they'll kind of you know find their way into the character by imagining another actor doing it 
Yeah, and that's well said. And But I have to say, some actors have a tough time pulling it off. Like, my girlfriend was talking about this. She, she said, you know, when you watch Angus, there's just this... Like, you know you're going to get a great performance. There's like a... Maybe this is over the top, but she said there's like a soothing... Like, you, you know there, there's a great performance coming. You know that this is a guy that you revere. And, and just the way she phrased it, you know, it's a testament to your ability. And I don't think other... not I don't think all actors have that... You know, I, I think many kind of try. Uh, you know, there's many, many great actors in the world. But you have got to the point in your life where when people see you on screen, they're like, yes, Angus. You know, that's a... You know, we we know what we're getting with him. I don't know. I mean, I I'm 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 glad to have fans. Uh, um, there's also a whole uh, I'm I'm sure a whole bunch of detractors out there. It doesn't really, you know, I try I I don't really think about it because it's really it's really it's I'm the one who's sitting here who's got to do it. So it's really a combination of confidence and also vulnerability and. Being uh, allowing yourself to play the clown, you know, you got to be, you got to make a fool of yourself. Otherwise, you may as well uh, go home because yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a whole section of it is is falling on your ass and getting up again, <laughs> making a, making a complete ass of yourself, um, and and you know, not and not not giving a damn. No, that's uh, that's really well said. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and I have to ask you. You know, you 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 mentioned you know not worrying, and one of the things that you have that again, not all actors have, and I think and I've had this discussion before with especially comedic actors, is that you have a great sense of humor, and 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 I love this next movie. It came out in We Bought a Zoo. Like I love that movie. I think it's very engaging. I think it, it was very popular here in the states. First of all, what are your thoughts on that? And two. Do you find that your sense of humor, because it is a great sense of humor, do you find that that helps you with especially like a role like this? With We Bought a Zoo? Yeah, yeah. I, I liked that film too. That was a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Uh, we were, you know, it was it was, uh, it was three three months with with uh, all these animals and and then there were the um, actual actors who were also a bunch of animals. No, I'm kidding. Um, but it was, a, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, that character... I can't remember what that was based on. I, I, I can't. Oh, I think I did a lot of... Um, no, but I think I'm trying to remember who... I, I think I may have been trying to borrow a little bit from Richard Harris in that film. I can absolutely see that. I can absolutely see that. And, and, and you know, to talk Richard Harris, talk about a, a phenomenal actor. Um, And, and you know, there's, a, there's an ongoing, like, fake feud between uh, Jimmy Kimmel and, and Matt Damon and... Jimmy Kimmel had given him, you know, just he was, you know, ribbing him about we bought a zoo, and Matt Damon jokingly looks at him, he goes, "I really like that movie a lot," and I think it's a really underappreciated movie. It's it did well in the states, but I don't yeah. know. That's just one of those movies. It's it's just a really you know you don't see that often, and I, I don't know. It's just one of those, again a great movie, you know. Yeah, it's you know it's very particular. It's the Cameron Crowe. That, that whimsical sense of humor, which some people love it and some people don't. Um, you know, it, to me, it reminds me a bit of the, the, the kind of humor of a movie like Local Hero, which I, I just love that kind of sense of humor. Yeah, and you mentioned that you, you, you have a, a dog, and obviously you can hear mine on occasion. And, you know, are, are, you, a big, are you a big animal person? Or yeah, if I'd, done, if I'd had a different career, I'd have become a vet. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's kind of your character. We I still might do that. You could still do that. Um, what is it about? What is, I mean, do you, how, do you own one dog? Do you? Own- I have a whole bunch of dogs. I've got four dogs, three cats, a bunch of birds. I've got 
two monkeys I saved, which which uh, live uh, in the trees. Um, I've got uh, a couple of iguanas. I've got um, I've got a zoo of my own, really. Wow! I, yeah, and and I knew you lived in Panama for a while. Um, is where do you make your residence now? Is it still in South America, or do you? It's it's still it's still partly there. Yeah. Okay. So so my God, I thought you were going to tell me a few dogs, but that's phenomenal. I mean, I, you you legitimately are an animal person. Like that is. I love. Yeah, I love animals. They're they're like they're 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 TV for me. They're into reactive television. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and there's such like there's no you know talk about the heart of our conversation. You know, we mentioned politicians and bullshit. Animals, yeah. are, animals are the exact opposite of that because what you see is is what you get. It's real. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know they don't lie. They can't. You can't. You can't be. Well, they can. They can fool you. They can. <laughs> they can trick you into feeding them a couple of times. But yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I look at you know the directors you worked for, and I, I want to get a Lost City of Z in a second. I only have a few more questions for you, Angus. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you, you have an eclectic bunch of directors that we've we've spoken about. Um, are, are, do you like being able to go off script and, and, and ad lib? Do you find that that that's one of your strong points, or are you one of these people that you know what? Give me the script. I'll, I'll you know I'll do what I can with it. I'll channel what I have to do. How do you feel about the, it? Very much depends on the script. If it's crap, obviously you're going to have to you're going to have to sit down and get get the get the permission to basically rewrite your stuff um, or improvise. Um, but if it's um, uh, an incredible script, uh, which I've had the the uh, the blessing to to have a few times in my life. Then I, I just won't veer from I won't veer from the language. I stick right by it because it's sort of uh, the blueprint or the Bible, as it were. I say I've, I've had a hand a handful of those. One of them was Tim Robbins' Cradle Will Rock. Uh, one of them was Braveheart. Mm. Uh, one of them was uh, um, well, there was a, we didn't really veer from we bought a zoo. And uh, you just mentioned Lost City of Z. That was one which I just felt, wow, what a great script. I'm, I'm staying right right on this language. Yeah, yeah. I, I really felt that was um, a very, very underappreciated movie. Um, I thought that that is movie making, I, I, in my opinion, at its very best. Um, and I have to ask you, you know, I, I was watching a video of you and the other actors on stage, Tom Holland, just a great cast. Um do you find that, you know, the respect where you are in your life right now and, and you know, you, you've done movies that people obviously love, they're iconic. Do you find like actors like Tom Holland or Pattinson or, or whomever, do people approach you and a- actors approach you, ask you for advice or even a director? You know, how would you do this or, you know, how would you handle that? Do you find that you get that a lot? Um, sometimes, uh, you know, the thing with advice is it's very... Uh, you know, I I don't really like to give it unsolicited, and even when you're asked for it, it's a, it's a dangerous thing. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, you'll have conversations about things. I wouldn't say it's advice. It's you know, it's a, a conversation sometimes. Right. Certainly, uh, I like I like directing, and, and when I direct, I like to uh, you know, that's all about getting right inside stuff. And but as an actor, you know, you got to let other people make their mistakes and. And find their way. Yeah, well, well said. And, and you know, 
with this movie, everyone else is dropped with Lost City of Z. Everyone else is dropping weight. Are you the only person that's eating pasta and wine at this point and, and putting on weight for your character? Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a I had an easy time on that one. Uh, it, it, does does James Gray approach you and say, "Listen, Angus, we need you to put on another twenty twenty five pounds"? He didn't say that, no. But uh, he he was the chef. He he uh, learned how to make his pasta from Francis Coppola, who taught him his recipe. So um, he had like cans of special tomatoes flown in and a special pasta. And we were in the Colombian jungle, and, and you know he was basically doing a twelve-hour day, and then coming back to the hotel, and he'd start making dinner for his for the crew members who were there. And so I, I made sure that I checked into the hotel which the director was staying at, and not the hotel where the actors were starving themselves at, um, and and was eating a good two or three bowls of his pasta every night. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, you've worked for, we mentioned, you know, a couple of directors here, Cameron Crowe, Mel Gibson, James Gray, all, they all have their own style. Talk a little bit about James Gray. I mean, you, you obviously like the movie. You, 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 you just said that it was well-written. Um, talk a little bit about James Gray. Were, were you, uh, is, is he a director that you'd work for again? Is he somebody that you absolutely, you know, just talk about your experiences with James Gray. Yeah, he's so great. I mean, he's a, he does great impressions of all of the people he's ever worked with. He's very good. Very, very on that, and a great raconteur. But also, you know, one of those rare actors—I mean, directors—who can actually direct, who actually are, you know, understand an, an actor and understand uh, what they want out of a role. And and also, it was Orson Welles who said uh, he said uh, the only job a, a uh, director has to do is uh, when he directs actors is is encourage them, give them so much love. Make them feel like God, so they'll do anything for you, and it's and that's really what uh, I witnessed. Well, certainly he was doing it with me, um, you know, just pushing me to the place where I, I just didn't want to disappoint him. I wanted to uh, give him exactly what he wanted, and um, he got that out of me. Um, he got he got my best, and and you know, it's not a, you know, I really can't stand directors who are afraid of actors. Who sort of so what they'll do is they'll just let you do what you usually do, and they won't direct you, and and they'll do two takes and three takes, and you keep doing the same thing because, you know, you'll try a few different things, but, you know, a great director will push you further, and they'll break down the scene for you, and they'll show you where, you know, where the gear changes here, which you're missing, and this you got to build to this moment. And suddenly, you know, the scene comes alive and you become a better actor. And that's a two-part two, two thing because it's partly the director and it's also having great actors to work with. Um, and most directors these days are terrified of actors because they've never tried acting. They don't know about it. They, 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 um, they haven't had necessarily an education uh, in... Uh, in a directing school, I, I, you know, I don't know how people get into directing these days, but, you know, through some pretty odd ways. And so it's a great, it's really a great pleasure when you actually get a director who will actually talk to you and say, you know what, you can do better. Wow. Yeah. And that is kind of a, I have never heard that, you know, I, I, you know, obviously people think the world of, you know, some of the directors that are, that stand, that stand out. And yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I think there's never, and regardless of profession, you're never, 
you know, too old or have enough experience to be pushed to that next level. That's that's really a great point, Angus. Yeah. You know, um, I, I had on my show on my show about a year ago, the uh, Chris Spellman did the score for Lost City of Z, and it's just oh, yeah. it's such a beautiful score. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it, it's such a great story. There. I don't know if you knew this, but James Gray was a student of Chris Spellman. Chris Spellman teaches a private school in New York City. James yeah. Gray was one of his students. And he uh, rem- he remembered him, yeah. And down the road, he asked him to to score his movies, and that's how it worked out. It's it's so weird how things kind of develop, Angus. Wow, that's amazing! I did not know that. Yeah, I asked you one final question. We we talked about your movie that's coming out in in the summer. Um, what can you say? What 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 is? I mean, we we mentioned perhaps a June release date. Um, yeah, it's it, is the title official? I I I've read some people that are going to be in it. Um, is there any final things you could tell me about it before I let you go? I am not sure exactly. I'm saying the spring to the summer um, because we're working it out as we speak. Uh, it's called Robert the Bruce. It is a standalone film about how Robert the Bruce uh, uh, became the King of Scotland and led uh, Scotland to independence. And um, um, there's really, I, I, well, let's do another session where yeah, we can discuss great. this. Uh, in a in a few months, yeah, sure. And I got yeah. a lot more information for you. Sure, and I have I have to ask you this: Was it did it feel like seeing an old friend again when you became you know when you were in Robert? You know what I'm saying I hate to phrase it that way; it sounds so cheesy. But did do, do you when you had to reprise the role in the movie? Did you feel was it a sense of did you feel like you were at home again? Like what what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I guess it felt like putting on an old pair of shoes. <laughs> uh, or, uh, you know, very comfortable, and I didn't have any of those nerves because, well, I mean, I'd written a script with my writing partner, and, and I knew it so well. Um, but also, it felt like, uh, you know, I was putting a ghost to rest in some way. Right. No, that's that's really well said. And, and Angus, I have to tell you, thank you for, for giving a hack on this side of the microphone, the opportunity to interview a legend, and, and I'm, abs- I'm an absolute fan, and... Um, I, I can't thank you enough. All right, no problems. And let's talk again, you know, when I've got more info for you. Let's do it. Okay. Thank you, Angus. All right, cheers. Lands, titles, men, power, nothing. Nothing? I have nothing. Men fight for me. Because if they do not, I throw them off my land and I starve their wives and their children. Those men who bled the ground red at Falkirk. They fought for William Wallace and he fights for something that I've never had. And I took it from him when I betrayed him and I saw it in his face on the battlefield. And it's tearing me apart. Well, all men betray, all lose heart. I don't want to lose heart! I want to believe, as he does. I will never be on the wrong side again.